hello and welcome. Greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360. Uh, coming at you with a new episode of the Cyber Threat Perspective. Uh, it is not Friday. We are late putting this thing out, um, but it is the weekend review. And so, uh, you know, welcome. Every week, for those of you that are new, our offensive security team here is tracking, researching, analyzing threats, basically just trying to figure out what's new and what's important for you guys uh, so that you can be just a little better off maybe than you were last week or yesterday. So with you today is Mr. Spencer and myself, Brad. And so uh, we got some, it's a short episode today, but we have some really cool stuff to talk about. So uh, Spencer, you want to take it away? Yeah. So this will be... Uh like Brad said, this was supposed to come out on Friday. So this will be a week in review of last week. Uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled events on, on Friday this week with a review of this week. So looking forward to that. Make sure you subscribe and all that good stuff. So you stay up to date on those things. Uh, so yeah, this week we have uh, DFS coerce, a new NTLM relaying attack. Uh, we have ransomware potential for OneDrive and SharePoint files. And, uh, discussion about PowerShell and the NSA and a whole bunch of government entities came out with uh, a white paper on, you know, how to use PowerShell securely. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a short episode, but it'll be a good one uh, packed with some really good information. So the first one is uh, regarding uh, DFS course, uh, which is a new tool that a uh, person by the name of Philip uh, Dragovich, uh, I believe if I'm saying that name right. Uh, so they released. That's a, how I read it. Cool. So they released a POC for a new NTLM relay attack technique or a relay attack called DFS Coerce. Uh, it uses Microsoft's distributed file system protocol. So that's MSDFSNM. And just when we thought we couldn't get another iteration of Petit Patam, <laughs> like another <laughs> implementation of that, uh, sure enough, here we are. So. You might be familiar with Petit Patam. Uh, you might be familiar with MS EFS RPC, which is the encrypted file service protocol. Uh, this is yet again another adaptation uh, that's based on a P the Petit Patam uh, attack. Uh, and it allows essentially the TLDR here is it could allow a user with limited uh, privileges on a domain or just anonymous privileges on the domain. Uh, to elevate their privileges to domain admin and kind of take over the domain from a very limited user context. And especially when combined with things like Active Directory Certificate Services uh, in their default configuration, uh, this could be a, a pretty powerful uh, attack uh, that it could be very easily carried out from a very limited user context. So uh, great tool, great technique uh, to use if you're a pen tester, but also kind of scary as the blue teamer uh, to yet again have to, to deal with uh, another iteration of a Patam type situation. Yeah, agreed. And, and this just kind of further illustrates, and, and I'm going to pick on Microsoft for just a minute, but this kind of illustrates uh, a larger problem that security experts have been observing in Microsoft's behavior for since since day one, right? Going all the way back to Windows 95 and DOS days, is, is there's this entire subset of functionality that is not documented, that is not well understood, but is turned on by default. And, you know, it's all in the name of making things easier, right? We want to have the yep. most functionality we can have. We want it to be super easy. And, and those two things are incompatible with each other in, in, in the technology space, at least. 
So, um, you know, as an old school NCSE and, and like somebody who, you know, used those in the professional environment for a number of years before I got into the security world, um, I, I still learn about entire technology subsets that I had no idea even existed. And, and I would bet active practicing MCSEs would tell you the same thing about some of this stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, when, when, when did, um, what were we calling it? The, um, the MS DFS NM protocol. When did that exist? When did that come into play in my network? You know, it's scary. Yep. Yeah. It's hardcore windows, internal stuff that, you know, the, the few experts that there are for hardcore windows internals know about in, in research, but a lot of it, like you said, is abstracted away. It's the same kind of thing. I think uh, with the URI protocol handlers, right. With the Folina <laughs> stuff who we we're talking about, it's like how yeah. many people knew that, there was a URI protocol for the Microsoft diagnostic tool, you know, or by Microsoft, Microsoft. Di- yeah, diagnostic support tool. Like, yeah, until the research comes out, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of security practitioners are are unaware of these things, and, and rightfully so, right? It's not a it's not a fault. It's just how complex the Windows environment is. Um, but yeah. alas, we're, we're here. We're in the situation. So. Uh, there is mitigations for this. There is research being done on how to detect these things, which is great. Uh, you can uh, attempt to disable NTLM on domain controllers to try and mitigate this. You can uh, try and disable NTLM and disable or enable HTTPS on Active Directory certificate services, which would be a good idea. Uh, there's extended uh, protection for authentication, which is what Microsoft calls EAP. Uh, there's SMB signing. So there's ways to protect against relay attacks. Um, and I encourage those listening to to go research those things. Those things are not easy, right? Disabling NTLM is not necessarily an easy deal. thing. Yeah. Um, some of the mitigations are, are not easy or trivial by any means. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that's the position we're in as, uh, as defenders of environments and things like that. So uh, one final thing I'll say about this uh, is... A company called Zero Patch, uh, they have uh, or they release these micro patches. Uh, so they have an agent that runs on on your system, and they can actually deploy micro patches for things like this. So they have released a series of free patches to address these NTLM and Kerberos relay attacks. So something to consider. Um, you know, while Microsoft tries to address these things, it, it could be a quick win uh, for some of those more important systems to. Pre- prevent and, and, uh, you know, mitigate some of these attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I expect you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of mileage out of this one. Yep. For sure. <laughs> so, so proof yeah. point, uh, proof point did some great research, not on bots, but on ransomware in OneDrive and SharePoint. So, uh, the TLDR here is they found that by modifying the versioning, uh, the versioning system or the version number of a file in OneDrive and SharePoint, you could potentially render it unrecoverable. So people are familiar with this services like OneDrive and ShareFile, um, SharePoint, Dropbox, they all have like versioning, right? So you can go back to previous versions of, of your file and that's pretty well known. Well, in OneDrive and SharePoint, you can modify the version uh, or the number of versions that are stored. And you can essentially modify the version to make it one and then encrypt the document twice to potentially render it unrecoverable. Uh, and there's some other things that uh, SharePoint, or sorry, Proofpoint, 
shares, <laughs> uh, too many points, so many points. points, proof points. Uh, they share some additional uh, ideas there for for attacking those things. But essentially, um, it could be a way to ransom files in, in SharePoint in OneDrive. So something to think about. Uh, it's some relatively new research, I think. Uh, so the TLDR for me is is to make sure that they're strong in a fame place for Office 365. Yeah. Make sure you're not relying on Microsoft to back up your data and back it up yourself. Uh, you know, don't rely on those third-party applications for ver- file versioning and things like that because yeah. that could be uh, you know rendered insufficient. So you know, one of the other things that concerns me too is we're seeing a big increase in um, in in basically exporting right in in stealing the information and ransoming it off. Um, there's a there's a word that they're using for it but you know it's it's basically double ransomware right extortion yep and so um that concerns me a little bit because in this case we're nuking the files right as part of the process but um if you don't have strong protections around that and what i have seen personally on pen tests is people don't realize what's in share file yep because it's an automatic kind of thing that comes with even the lowest level office tenants in a lot of cases email attachments and other individual office components will auto backup or or you know store it there and there may be stuff out there you don't even know you have so yeah all all, all interesting yeah yeah it's something to be cognizant of and like i said uh, make sure you have good backups in place Mm -hmm. and, and making sure you're not just relying on OneDrive or or sharepoint to back those files up um, Agreed. I think is, is a core takeaway for, for me in that. Agreed. Cool. Well, the last topic is PowerShell. Uh, I'm a big fan of PowerShell. Um, PowerShell has been a huge part of my life in IT and security. And anytime I get a chance to talk about PowerShell, I, I love to, and I can talk about I, PowerShell. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't for, noticed. Yeah. I mean, oh, wait, where does, <laughs> how can I point to it? <laughs> Yeah, right. The book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there's a couple of them right yeah, there. I see them. I see the bookshelf. Well. Yeah, okay. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so for anybody that can't see in the small text there, this is the PowerShell cookbook. Um, so really good book. I refer to it often. Uh, it's like a encyclopedia for all things PowerShell, but I digress. Uh, so there was a, a joint white paper released from several authorities like United States, New Zealand, UK, etc. And they created a white paper about uh, advocating for using PowerShell, but using it securely. And they mentioned a lot of things like how to use PS remoting securely and the use of AMZ and constrained language mode and application control. Um, They mentioned SSH for PowerShell 7 and all things like that. So uh, it's a really interesting article. I recommend you check it out. Uh, If you're curious on, you know, how to protect against PowerShell based attacks and how to continue to use it in your environment, even though it is very uh, highly uh, coveted from an attacker standpoint. Uh, we see time and time again, you know, PowerShell being used to, to launch exploits um, and uh, initiate malware and download additional malware. Uh, so what's old is new again. PowerShell has been an, an attack vector for a very long time and it will continue to be. Uh, we use PowerShell very actively on penetration tests. Um, we essentially use PowerShell until we can't anymore. Uh, and when I say we can't anymore, I mean when PowerShell is locked down such that there's 
script block, script block logging, you know, good PowerShell logging, good application control so you can't even launch PowerShell. Uh, things like that will help mitigate PowerShell-based attacks, um, but we'll never eliminate them completely. So this is a good white paper uh, and a good refresher on, on what to do as far as how to protect against PowerShell-based attacks and how to continue to use it securely in your environment. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy to see this kind of stuff come out. Um, I'm always a little skeptical when the government puts out stuff like this, just because, and, and, and I'm absolutely not being critical because, you know, the fact that they're spending time, money, and effort to put this thing together is awesome. Um, however, they tend to be behind the curve. Just the, just the nature of the bureaucracy, mm -hmm. right, is, is they tend to have information that's a little bit out of date. Um, and, and so I noticed some of the recommendations in here uh, we've already beaten, right? So that was interesting to me that, you know, and, and it's probably a living document, probably has to be, but, um, but yeah, you can, you can tell that some of these recommendations were recommendations that the security community were making a couple of years ago that had made it into mm -hmm. this document. So, um, but again, nothing, I don't want to take away from the work that yep. they did. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, PowerView, we use PowerView very regularly still on penetration tests, and PowerView is, yeah. what, nine years old now or something like right. that, almost? Yeah. Eight, yeah. nine years old. Uh, and we still use it quite heavily because, you know, a lot of people have not turned on PowerShell locking and don't have application control. And, you know, they're uh, just, you know, using PowerShell from an IT administrative perspective, but they're not considering, uh, you know, how to harden it, how to make it harder for attackers and how to monitor it right that's the important yeah. part agreed agreed and 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 you know just my take on it is the monitoring is the most important thing because you know you alluded to it earlier is you know you, you can't get rid of it and it is it is going to be an integral part of microsoft operating systems for basically yep. forever and, and and it is for more advanced administration is a requirement uh, so I, I always, you know, when, when, when I did more internal pen testing, I always smiled when I would try to run PowerShell and it was disabled, right? Then mm -hmm. you just install your own. Yep. <laughs> suddenly it's treated as a different application. It's, so yep. so you, you can't nuke this thing. You might as well yep. embrace it. But to your point, spend the time to detect as much as you can and, and maybe even leverage PowerShell as part of the process. Yep, absolutely. So good stuff. I like it. Um, well, I think that's all we have, Spencer. I know, like we said, it's a pretty short episode, but I think we hit some really cool stuff and gave you an opportunity to talk about PowerShell. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, listen, folks, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, check us out on our blog over at offsec.blog, where we'll probably be talking about PowerShell on other subjects as well. And uh, we'll talk to you later this week.